In September 2017, three Watford teammates from the early 1920s were walking down Occupation Road. Nearly a century on, they were making their way to Watford's latest Premier League away game at Swansea City. You know, I played for Swansea after I left Watford in 1923. I had some good times there. Hey, listen to you. You're a flipping swan in disguise. Stop teasing him. You don't get into Hornet Heaven if you're not 100% Watford. Quite, thank you. To be fair, a small part of me did have a soft spot for Swansea for a while, but in the end I stayed true to my first professional love. Wonderful, wonderful Watford. A soft spot for another club? You're a disgrace to Hornet Heaven. When you get through that turnstile, mind you go in the chuffing away section and not the home one. Bert Bellamy, Fred Pagnum and Skilly Williams carried on down the slope and went through the ancient turnstile. They arrived inside the Liberty Stadium. Bellamy, known in Hornet Heaven by his nickname Bobbin, led them to join the Watford fans in the upper tier of the North Stand. As the current Watford team took the field, the bald 82-year-old former left half said, Look, Etienne Capoue is in the starting line-up for once. White-haired Fred Pagnum, the former centre-forward, said, Can't say I care for him, Bobbin. You can tell from Capoue's body language that he doesn't love the club. From the way he plays, I'm not even sure he likes football. Flat-capped Skilly, the former goalkeeper, said, Cut Capoue some slack, Pagnum. You can't expect every Watford player to love the club. Not these days. What with the loans, the silly money and all the players from abroad. And you certainly can't insist on them loving the club as much as Troy Deeney does. He'll be up here in Hornet Heaven when the time comes. No doubt about that. What a load of twat, you two. Every single player should love the club with all their heart. Otherwise, they shouldn't be playing for us. A slightly mischievous look came into Fred Pagnum's eye. I mean, take our game at home to Swansea in 1924. You remember it, Skilly? Our team that day included me and you, plus Danky Smith, Jock Strain, Eddie Mummery. Virtually everyone in that team loved the club so much that they're now in Hornet Heaven. Oh, hang about. I don't remember you playing that day, Bobbin. I... I was left half, as always. And remind me, Bobbin, which side were you playing for? Swansea. Beg pardon, Bobbin. I didn't catch that. Swansea. See? He's a swan. Not even in disguise. Bobbin turned away. He didn't like feeling his allegiance to the Orns under threat. Skilly said, Leave Bobbin alone, Pagnum. He's in Orne ever, not Swan Sanctuary or whatever they call their place. He's a fully paid up Orn, aren't you, Bobbin? Bobbin? Skilly turned to Bobbin. Bobbin was staring into the home fan section next to him. 
His face was as white as Swansea's kick. Bobbin? You all right? It... It can't be. Don't upset yourself, Bobbin. We're only having a joke. Don't mind me. It's... It's not that. Then what's wrong? I... I... I've just seen me... in the Swansea seats... wearing a Swansea scarf. Hornet Heaven Series 5 Episode 4 Divided Loyalties Written by Ollie Wickham Read by Colin Mace Earth Season 2017 18. Bobbin sat with his bald head in his hands. Skilly Williams and Fred Pagnum stood and peered into the Swansea seats next to the Watford section. Skilly lifted his huge flat cap and scratched his head. Well, I can't see you in there, Bobbin. I'm... Sure it was me. Just for a few moments. Fred Pagnum ran a hand through his white hair, perplexed. But how can you have been there? You're dead. If you're here in Ornit Heaven, you can't be in the land of the living as well. I don't know. Maybe what I saw wasn't in the land of the living. What? How do you mean? But don't you remember what happened at Christmas last year? Our heaven collided with Luton's. Maybe Hornet Heaven momentarily collided with Swan Sanctuary just now. And I saw a glimpse of myself there. But how could you be there and here at the same time? I don't know. Remember I told you a small part of me had a soft spot for Swansea? Maybe that part of me went to their heaven while the rest of me came here. Can that happen? How would I know? How would any of us know? But I'm certain it was me. And it means... I'm not 100% Watford. Bobbin got up. He wandered slowly back towards the ancient turnstile with his head bowed, as if he'd lost everything that had ever mattered to him. Skilly watched Bobbin go. He said, We should go with him, Pagnum. Make sure he's all right. No, I'm staying. I can't walk out of a Watford match. Me? I'm a proper own, Bobbins. Now you're just being horrible, Pagnum. Especially calling him Bobbins, not Bobbin. Yeah, well, that's because I'm hoping... What he was saying were bobbins. Skilly took a closer look at Pagnum, the man who scored 74 goals in five seasons for Watford and became the club's third ever manager, was suddenly looking a lot less cocky than he usually did. I mean, if what Bobbin says is correct, you know that we might exist in other heavens as well as Watford's, it's, well, it's unsettling. Speak for yourself, Bagnum. I was born in Watford, died in Watford, and played 341 times for Watford. 
There isn't a part of me that's not Watford. It's all right for you. I played for four other clubs, so I might be in four other heavens too. I might be in Blackpools, Liverpools, Cardiffs and Arsenals. Oh, God! What? Being an Arsenal fan in 2017 for the rest of eternity. That must be hell. Don't forget you also played for England 14 times. Do you think maybe there's an England football heaven? Don't be daft. England football heaven? Those three words just don't go together. Pagnum sat down. He sank his face into his hands. Being in four heavens puts me in the same boat as Bobbin. I'm not 100% Watford either. Skilly Williams lifted his cloth cap and scratched his head again. His old teammates were in existential crisis. They needed help. And he had no idea where to begin. After the Swansea victory, Skilly went to the atrium and found Henry Grover, the man who founded Watford Rovers in 1881. Skilly told the father of the club what Bobbin had seen and explained the theory of players existing in multiple heavens. Brilliant! That's just brilliant! What? You think it's good that people up here could be in other heavens too? Absolutely! I just love the idea that Neil McBain is in Hatter heaven as well as Hornet heaven. We can wind him up about that no end! This is serious, Henry. Some of our residents will be very upset. I don't mean the fans. Fans only ever support one club, so they're all right. But some of our former players may lose faith in themselves as hornets. The idea that they're actually spread around various heavens may make them feel like... like... Like tarts? Mercenaries, Henry. The word I was looking for was mercenaries. Oh, yes, sorry. So what do you suggest we do? Well... That's easy. Nothing. What? But surely there's nothing we can do to fix the way the world is. We can't change cosmology. We can't move heaven and earth to... But surely we could find a way to make the players feel better about themselves, couldn't we? What? Oh, yes, I suppose so. But that would require emotional intelligence, you see. And that's not really my long suit. Then who could help? You'd better go and talk to Bill Mainwood. I think he's in his man cave. Skilly hadn't visited the shabby red porter cabin on Occupation Road recently, formerly known as the Bill Mainwood Programme Hut. It was now the Bill Mainwood Man Cave, kitted out with Watford posters, Watford beer mats and a Watford dartboard. Come on in, Skilly. Bill Mainwood, Hornet Heaven's head of programmes, ushered Skilly over to one of the yellow and black striped deck chairs. Make yourself comfortable. Derek, could we have some tea and toast over here? I'm not your slave, sir. There was a thud as an angry dart missed the dartboard and pierced the porter cabin wall. Bill's 13-year-old assistant, Derek Garston, slouched over to retrieve it. Young man, we have a guest in the man cave, and not just any guest. 
Skilly Williams made 393 appearances if you include First World War competitions. His son played for us during World War II. One of his great-grandsons played for us in 1997. He's royalty at our family club. Well, that's a deliberate misuse of club statistics if ever I heard one, sir. First World War competitions don't count. I know what you're trying to do, sir. You're just blowing smoke up Mr Williams... Derek! Are you having a teenage moment, young man? Just bring Skilly his tea. And mind you make it for him in my best mug, the 1977-78 promotion mug. Bill and Skilly sat down in the deck chairs. Skilly rested his giant flat cap on his knees and explained to Bill how, after what Bobbin saw at Swansea, Bobbin and Pagnum were feeling unsure that they were actually proper hornets. The thing is, Bill, it's not quite as simple for players as it is for fans. Fans only ever have one club, but most players have several. It's not always easy for them to settle on one club as the club they truly love, in their heart of hearts, forever. Golly, I see what you mean. Ever since I was a boy... I've lived in absolute certainty that I'm Watford. There's never been anything else I could be. The idea that I might not be is... Well, just thinking about it would be very upsetting. You should think about it, sir. Perhaps, deep down, sir, you're a scummer, sir. I'll ignore that, young man. Anyway, in Bobbin's case, his job took him to both Watford and Swansea. But he came to our heaven... And he's been up here for nearly 40 years. In all that time, I've never doubted that he's a horn. But now he doubts it. I'm not surprised he doubts it, Mr Williams, sir. He played loads more games for Swansea than he ever did for us, sir. And he won promotion with them. Whereas we stayed in the same division for 35 seasons after he left. Basically, he cheated on us, Mr Williams, sir. Now, now, my boy. It's not fair to see a player as some kind of traitor if he isn't a one-club person like we are as fans. As Skilly says, things are different for players that move around in their careers. They do become emotionally attached to clubs, but for different reasons from us fans, and in ways that are probably quite hard to predict. Well, I hope someone works out how to make our new boy Richarlison fall in love with Watford, sir. Apparently, he said he sees us as a stepping stone to greater things at bigger clubs. He's a dirty double-crosser, sir. No, he's not, Derek. He's still young and... But he might become a dirty double-crosser, sir. We need to make him love Watford and want to be an Orn forever, sir. And not just him, sir. Prodel, Chalabar, Cabasali, Decore. I love them all, sir. Well, maybe you've just hit on the answer, young man. Show them you love them. If they feel the love, there's a good chance they'll love Watford back. But if I show them I love them, sir, won't it just hurt more if they do leave? Oh, Derek. Sweet, innocent Derek. Of course it will hurt more. But we're football fans. We're already on a collision course with emotional pain every day of our lives in afterlives. So, Bill, do you reckon that's what we should be doing with Bobbin and Pagnum? Showing them how much we love them? Definitely. 
The only question is how. Let's come up with a plan while we drink up. Derek, where's that tea? Right, sir. Think I'm sweet and innocent, do you, sir? Well, you can stick that idea up, you young man. And your tea along with it. Derek. Derek. Come back here at once, Derek. Some time later, Bobbin and Pagnum were in deep gloom behind the rookery stand. In the shadowy half-light of that remote part of Hornet Heaven, the two former teammates were sitting on the wide concrete steps that led down from Stadium Way, the steps that led nowhere. Bobbin said, I keep telling myself I only love Watford, but the thought that I might be in love with another club is gnawing away at me. I'm not an unfaithful man. I was, especially with the women. <laughs> but when I found myself in only heaven, I thought I'd settled down. I want to be the kind of person who only loves one club. I want to have the same exclusive passion as a fan does. But maybe, when you've had a playing career all over the country, you just can't. What do you think, Pagnum? Right now, I've no flipping idea. After hearing I might be in four different heavens, Bobbin, I feel like I've totally unrattled. Bobbin laid a consoling hand on the bluff Lancastrian's arm. Soon they heard footsteps behind them. Oi! You two muppets! Bobbin and Pagnum turned to see Lamper. The former hooligan, who was now Hornet Heaven's chief steward, was emerging through the murk in his high-vis jacket. Someone wants to see you. They told me to tell you that you're much loved. Did they? Did they really? Yeah, that's what they told me to say. I'm not gonna, though. I'm gonna give you a right pasting for moping about down here like a couple of miserable gits. Come on, bring it on. I'll take both of you. Who was it? Who wants to see us? That would be telling. Go on, then. Tell us. No way. You'll have to try and beat it out of me. Come on. Come and have a go. Bobbin and Pagnum stood up and walked past Lamper, back towards the eternal sunshine of the upper reaches of Occupation Road. Someone wanted to see them, and suddenly... They were feeling a lot better about themselves. Maybe they'd lost confidence that they loved Watford, but Watford still seemed to love them. I'm not telling you who it was. If you want me to open my mouth, you'll have to kick it open. Come and have a go. Come on. Oh... It hadn't taken long for Skilly Williams and Bill Mainwood to come up with a plan. Now Skilly was standing at the players' entrance on Occupation Road. He was holding the door open as dozens of former Watford players passed through into the stadium. Skilly said, In you go, lads, nice and quick. It's a party in their honour, and we want it to be a surprise for them. 
two of Watford's longest-serving one-club men, Arthur Woodward and Tommy Barnett, filed through in front of Skilling. Behind them was a man who spent many years playing in the top flight for Arsenal and also represented them in an FA Cup final, but who was here in Watford's heaven, and he knew he belonged. The big fella nodded approvingly at Skilly. Behind the big fella was someone who wasn't a player. It was a man in a black tracksuit with red and yellow vertical panels on the front. A man who'd been going around making sure everyone knew it was their responsibility to help two Watford players who were having a hard time of it at the moment. A great man? The great man. Skilly watched the last of the players go through the door. He and Bill weren't fully certain that this surprise party they'd arranged in the players' family room, this show of love, would remove all of Bobbin and Pagnum's doubts about themselves. And it felt like a good place to start. Suddenly, he heard Derrick running down the slope towards him. Mr Williams, sir? Mr Williams, sir? Oh, hello, son. Back again after you stormed off, are you? I hope you're not still in that foul teenage mood. I went to the Swansea game again. To cheer me up, Mr Williams, sir. Richarlison's last-minute goal was just what I needed. Cool. What a moment. I love that boy. I love that team. And they loved winning, Mr Williams, sir. The way Richarlison ripped his shirt off in delight, Mr Williams, sir. Though I think he ought to have covered up his nipples for decency's sake. The way all the players celebrated at the end. It did my Watford heart good. Mine too, Mr Williams, sir. But the thing is, Mr Williams, sir, when I was there, I saw something in the crowd. Really? How do you mean? What was it you saw? Derek explained. Skilly thought for a moment. He looked down on Occupation Road and saw Bobbin and Pagnum coming up the slope. He said to Derek, Quick, lad. Fetch four programmes to the Swansea game. Go! Flat-capped Skilly led the bald Bobbin and the white-haired Pagnum through the ancient turnstile with young Derek in tow. Bobbin said, Lampus said we were much loved, so why are you taking me back to the Swansea game? You're perfectly aware I'm in a state about which team I support. You wouldn't subject me to this torture if you really loved me. Inside Liberty Stadium, Skilly led them all into one of the home fans' areas. They passed through a mass of real-world Swansea fans. If this is some kind of a joke you're playing on, Bobbin, it's flipping cruel. Skilly just said, now show us exactly where to go, Derek. Skilly, Bobbin and Pagnum followed the boy into the seats in the corner of the North Stand, next to the away fan section. Why would you punish me by bringing me back here? This is exactly where I saw myself. Then suddenly, Derek stopped. He pointed. Bobbin looked. Derek was pointing at an old man wearing Swansea's colours. The old man was sitting quietly, reading a programme, waiting for the game to start. Why are you pointing at him? What about him? He's the man you saw, Mr Bellamy, sir. What? He doesn't look anything like me, 
For starters, I saw myself wearing a scarf, not a woolen hat, and I wasn't sitting down. You've made a schoolboy error. Skilly looked down at Derek and said, I'm disappointed in you, son. You wasted everyone's time. Stupid blooming kid. Let's get you out of here, Bobbin. Bobbin and Pagnum started to leave. But as the Swansea and Watford teams came out onto the field, Derek called out. Wait! Mr Bellamy, sir! Look again! All four of them turned to see the old man stand up to cheer the teams. He took off his woolen hat. Underneath, he was as bald as Bobbin. Goodness, he does look a lot like me. But the person I saw was in the gangway, not at a seat. The four men carried on watching as the old man suddenly clutched at his waistband. He whispered to the younger woman next to him, who was also wearing Swansea colours, and started to edge past her. Look, Bobbin, he's going towards the gangway. Oh my goodness, yes, but wait, I saw myself wearing a scarf. He isn't wearing one. As the old man went past the younger woman, she wrapped her scarf around his neck and patted him on his shoulder. Bobbin suddenly had tears in his eyes. Yes, that is what I saw. It isn't me. Bobbin stepped towards Derek and said, I'm not a swan, not even a part of me. He lifted Derek up. In his joy, he kissed Derek right on the nose. Yuck, Mr Bellamy, sir. That's disgusting, sir. Bobbin put Derek back down. Now Pagnum lifted Derek up. And I'm not a gooner. Pagnum planted an even bigger, wetter kiss on Derek's nose. For goodness sake, Mr Pagnum, sir. I know Mr Mainwood said we should all show love. This is revolting, sir. Skilly, Bobbin and Pagnum emerged from the ancient turnstile onto Occupation Road. They stood chatting while Derek skipped off down the slope. Pagnum said, Eh, it feels so good to know for sure that I'm definitely Watford. Me too. Only Watford and always Watford. For eternity. Aye. And not just us. None of the players up here in Horny Ever need doubt their love for this club ever again. We can be as certain as fans are that Watford are our one and only club. And what a time to be a fully committed Watford fan. This season has started brilliantly. We're only just outside the Champions League places. Just imagine how the season might end. Skilly led Bobbin and Pagnum down the slope towards the players' entrance. Well, it's good to see you both so happy. When Lampus said you're much loved in Hornet Heaven, it was true. In fact, we've planned a little surprise party in your honour to prove it to you. Skilly took them through the players' entrance. Immediately on the left was the players' family room. Music was pumping out from behind the closed door. Skilly said, but I reckon... 
It'll be more of a celebration now that you've discovered you were definitely 100% Watford all along. Skilly, open the door. Bobbin and Pagnum walked into the party. It was such a simple thing, but hearing their names chanted made them feel totally loved. They looked around the room. Bill Mainwood was on the decks, dropping the beats. Arthur Woodward was up and dancing, throwing shapes on one of the red and black sofas. The great man was chatting away happily in front of one of the huge photos of his great friend Elton John. Pagnum turned to Bobbin and said, Look at this, Bobbin. I absolutely bloody love this club. 70-year-old Pagnum launched himself into a few of his best house music dance moves, stepping left and right and flinging his feet all over the place. 82-year-old Bobbin joined in. So did Tommy Barnett and the big fella. In their enthusiasm, the whole thing ended up looking a bit like a goldmouth scramble without the ball. But they couldn't have been happier. Skilly made his way over to Bill at the decks. He said, You were right, Bill. Love inspires love. All we need to do now is get Watford fans to keep showing love to the current squad so that players like Richarlison and Decoray become true Hornets for eternity. You got any ideas on that? Bill smiled at Skilly. He said, Maybe something like this? Bill put on a pair of yellow and black headphones and cued the next track. Come on, everybody! One, two, three, four! rest of the night, everyone at the party danced and sang and did their best to be heard down in the land of the living. Every single former player in Hornet Heaven wanted the flow of new former Watford players into their afterlife paradise to continue for the rest of eternity. End of episode four. The next episode of Hornet Heaven will be Series 6, Episode 1. Hornet Heaven was created and written by Watford fan Ollie Wicken. It was read by Watford fan Colin Mace. It was produced by Watford fan John Mooney. Music by Watford fans... Steve Joy and Jeff Wickens.